Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, a podcast by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. In this episode, director Pedro Almodovar takes us behind the scenes of his film, Pain and Glory. This deeply personal film from Spain tells the story of Salvador Mayo, a depressed director who is thinking of leaving filmmaking because of chronic health problems. A series of encounters, both real and remembered, leads Mayo to reflect on the choices he's made and ruminate about creation and the difficulty of separating it from one's own life. Pain and Glory was screened as part of the DGA's Global Cinema series, which aims to spotlight landmark foreign films for DGA members and guests by presenting screenings of contemporary, classic, and independent films, as well as conversations with their directors. Pain and Glory earned Mr. Almodovar a Palme d'Or nomination at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival and is Spain's official Academy Awards entry for Best International Feature. His other credits include the feature films Julieta, The Skin I Live In, Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and Matador. He received an Academy Award nomination for Best Director in 2002 for his feature Talk to Her, and won the Best Director Prize at the 1999 Cannes Film Festival for All About My Mother, which also took home the Best Foreign Language Film Oscar in 2000. Following the Global Cinema Series screening of the film at the DGA Theatre in New York, Mr. Almodovar spoke with director Kenneth Lonergan about filming Pain and Glory. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, uh, Carla will translate me in the case that I that I don't know <laughs> how to say something in English, which is very often. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. Um, so I did write down some questions in case I didn't think what to say. Okay, um, you can ask me anything you want. Thank you about but about every movie, about also about my private life, everything. <laughs> Thank no, you. I, at this moment of my life, I don't hide anything. Okay. Well, the film is just, it's just beautiful. Uh, the second time I saw it, uh, and I just love it. I think, you know, we were talking backstage about the uh, construction of the film, and I wonder, maybe you can, I was going to ask you even before we were discussing it, the, the different memories the character revisits, the different characters from his life. Is that something that you... Uh, can you just talk about how that came to be structurally when you were writing the film a little bit? Uh, did you start with the idea for, what, did it start out as a, such a personal film? Did, the mem- did it start out as the separate pieces of the narrative that went together? Can you just discuss that a little bit? Um, I think this paper you. is yours. Uh, you know, um, I, think, I think it's impossible to, uh, to write a kind, this kind of a script right away in one, I mean, um, so uh, I, I used to write very often without a purpose, uh, just because, uh, well, because I, I sometimes it's very entertaining for me. But I'm not taking a diary, because I don't. Uh, but I have quite a lot of small pieces, set pieces. 
that uh, when I write them, uh, there is, I don't have any intention for them, just to exercise myself. And, um, and in this precise script, there, are, there appear three pieces that it was, that it were written before, uh, and they found the right place for this, for this character. Uh, because as Antonio's character is a filmmaker and also a writer, um, so uh, the three of them feed them very well. Um, that this is, it was one 10 pages that I wrote about uh, a, a very funny and witty and uh, meeting with one an old actor that I work with. But in a, in a, I made that like a, like a short tale. Also, it was already done, uh, the addiction. Uh, I wrote that for one actress, uh, so I changed the, the, the gender. But uh, and that was like memories from the 80s, from La Movida, you know, that movement very important in Spain. Uh, they were painful memories that I, that I, I don't know when, perhaps 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Uh, I wrote that. Um, and the, the third one, it was um, the first desire, the origin of desire. Um, uh, and in, this, in that case, I, I, I wrote things because they asked me to, to make a short uh, movie uh, to put <clears throat> uh, in the last Antonioni's movie. That it was uh, three sketches. Mm -hmm. It was three sketches. Antonioni's made one, uh, Wong Kar Wai made the other one, the second one, and they, they asked me to be the third one. Uh, and I wrote that, the, 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 the first uh, desire. Um, I don't know, I don't remember why at the last minute, or I was not completely sure about the material, and I kept it uh, in my desk. And uh, when I start shooting, I mean, when I start writing, um, I mean, I wrote, in a specific moment of my life, after being after making a surgery of my back, uh, and it was in a moment that I had a lot of pain in my back. So it was a somber moment. Uh, but anyway, you know, I, um, well, I I, I start writing uh, about an image that I used to that I used to to have very often that summer. That it was. When I, when, I, when I was at the swimming pool, uh, under the water, the, um, just the sense of no gravity, it was the only moment of the life when I didn't have a muscle, muscular tension, you say muscular yeah. or? Um, and um, you know, because I've, I'm, all, I'm almost always, not, all, not every day, not every moment, a movie director, and after doing this, during several days. And then I thought, I, I asked someone to make a picture of me under the water, just to see if that could be a good start of something. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I saw that the image was interesting enough, so I started writing that. Yeah. Uh, immediately, Im immediately after that, um, the same water uh, uh, get me to another to the water of the river of my childhood. In a, in a natural way, like <clears throat> as natural as the water is. Um, 
So, um, and then appear a real memory, which is exact, I mean, because it's that precise memory of my childhood, that it was one of the more, uh, the of the happiest moment of my childhood. And, uh, and it was yeah, yeah, just to go with the women uh, to the river and to see them and to listen to them, uh, the gossip about the, the rural place that we were living. Also, they sang. It was a real festivity for me. And that was a, a wonderful memory that, I, that it came to my mind at that moment. And then, you know, that was the key of the, of the, uh, of the, of the script. I didn't want to write something about myself and, and less about my own pains. Uh, that, was the, that was the last thing that I wanted to do. Uh, but when I discovered that I could combine uh, with memories of my childhood, uh, then I thought that this alternancia... Alternating back and forth between them. Uh, that was the key for the narration. Uh, and then I kept on writing about, about myself and also about my, the memories of my childhood, combining with three different set pieces. And so the, the script uh, came quite fast uh, after, after, after missing with these three pieces. When you saw the whole thing together, did the content, did the materials surprise you after you saw how they fit together in some way? Uh, did they change in your mind or in your, in your, uh, your perception of them? Because you had written the three pieces separately. When you saw how they fit together with, the, with what you just described, was... Uh, no, but I have to change many things yes. in, the three, in the three pieces. I mean, I couldn't put them as I wrote. Uh, I mean, the, the internal, the, the what, what, the inside of them, the, the because when I watch the film, uh, it seems like the, each each story is a, it's something that he lost and that he feels he has regrets about, but he's also that is not sentimental in any way. He's, it's, it's a. I try not he, to. He, oh, you're never sentimental, but he's, he loves everyone in the, whether the, whether the relationship ended badly or well, he's, he's, it's someone he loved very much. And they all, they're all different in that way, but he's, there's also, in each one of them, there's something that he feels, he, he feels bad about that he's revisiting. And I just wondered if that was something that, that's something that I noticed. I don't know if it, if it strikes you that way, but is that, I mean, did the identity of the pieces, did they reveal themselves to you in a surprising way when you put them all together? It's always a, a, a surprise and a mystery that they mix well with a material that is then conceived many years later. So, but those three set pieces were about my life, and in general, the larger pieces also about my life. So, there's a way in which they just fit together naturally. Do you can you describe a little bit how the how you just as a writer and as a director, I guess, how you make the structural connection between one piece and the next, because it's, it's for instance, he's, the man sits down in the, in the restaurant to play the piano, and then we're back with the, with the children's choir, and the, uh, the story with Alberto more or less ends, and it leads next into the story with Frederico. Uh, it's so elegant and, and natural the way they combine, but I know Possibly, it might have taken some work to get them that way. That was, in fact, my, my greatest intention and my, and my biggest desire, as when I, both when I wrote the script and I, and I shot the film. Uh, it would be seamless. 
la idea era que las diferentes piezas So the idea is that all these different pieces in the back and forth in time would flow just as water flows through the river. Eh, facilitaba también eh, esta fluidez. So it helps that um, Antonio's character is very passive and therefore the fluidity the back and forth could work well because he can just kind of receive them and receive that back and forth. Y si no estaba pasivamente And so if he wasn't just sort of resting on a couch, he might have been passed out from drugs and that was something that also allowed me to introduce elements from the past. So Heron in this case does play the role of course as a painkiller in the film. Um, también hay un elemento But it also has the sort of subtle element of suicide because a man in his 60s who starts to take heroin is quite well aware of the risk that he's taking. So it's something that doesn't really have anything any kind of connection to reality but in those moments where he's drugged out from heroin I let those moments be what opens him up towards his past. Yeah, it's really sort of in the in the planning uh, for the film and in the actual shoot uh, that it was planned out that way because otherwise you can't just edit it back together if it wasn't planned ahead of time. It's one thing that strikes me always about your films is the <laughs> generosity that the characters have for each other, even when they're angry with each other or they're in pain. There's this, and the films have this spirit of a. Uh, there's a loving quality to all the interactions, which I find to be extraordinary. And when you watch one of your films, you feel almost as if the filmmaker loves you, the audience, or would love you if you knew us. <laughs> and it's a very unusual, and it's a wonderful feeling. And, uh, but it seems to me, th and the other thing I notice, uh, this is maybe more of a comment than a question, but there's a, they're all ready to engage with each other, almost no matter what, they very rarely are like this with each other. They're very embracing of the situation, even if the situation is unpleasant or painful. And I don't know if that's anything you think about consciously, but it comes across very strongly to me. So, I mean, on the one hand, there are characters that have already met each other. They know each other from the past, but it also has to do, it also has to do with the spontaneity of Spanish culture in general, and including the spontaneity to fight if that's what's necessary. Yes, I was going to. But I love that that might seduce the audience, obviously. And in this film, the characters do know each other, but I've noticed with many of your other films that characters who have not met before immediately connect and form a relationship very quickly in a way that would be very unusual uh, in, in an American film or in, or in American life, possibly. Uh, and I, I always wondered if it was a very Spanish characteristic or if I was just... Yeah, well, it is, but it is a way of writing, too, because, I mean, I don't behave like that in my real life. Yeah. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not that spontaneous in my real life. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember scenes, I mean, in my first movie, um, there is someone, a girl, I mean, it was Carmen Maura, that wanted to talk to someone, uh, and uh, she doesn't know how to approach her. Uh, so she approached to the other lady and uh, that my characters for example in this scene with Carmen Mara then she just approaches this woman and just starts out of the blue starts to talk about how she likes what she's wearing yeah. uh, and my, my characters in that sense are very are very uh, forward they're not shy they just approach people yes that I, I know I, I envy them and yes this is a quality this is a Spanish quality but well sometimes I took it to the stream when you uh, either in the writing or the directing, do you have a, uh, I don't know how to say, a, 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 
an aesthetic guide of some kind, like the, you described, do you always have a, you have the three pieces that you've put, to, maybe you've answered this already, but let's ask a visual question for the aesthetic, once it's, when you're filming or when you're designing the, the film, do you have for each film a, a guidelines or a, or a star that you're steering by or something like that to help you kind of, that feels natural to, to, to uh, follow when, when you're putting together the whole film as a director? Uh, and yes, of course, I've confessed to you the thing about the three pieces, but I always strive for the film to be as seamless as possible. It doesn't look like a Frankenstein monster. And as far as the visuals are concerned, I don't really think about them while I'm writing the script. I really start, I start thinking about them once the script is done. And even though this is a somber character, he's not Baroque like some of my other, my other characters. He's, he's, he's a solitary man. Um, I also then, therefore, the narration needs to feel more austere and more sober as well. Uh, I did that with Julieta, and I felt very interested uh, in that. So, it, it, and this movie is also, I mean, in that style of just to narrate the story. Uh, but despite the fact that the story is quite somber, uh, one thing that I have not changed is my, the palette of my colors. I still, I still use, I still rely on the same kind of colors that are bright and not necessarily cheerful, but bright and strong colors. And so what I think with my filmmaking is that I've always tried to pursue the colors that are the colors of the films of my childhood, which is, are those of Technicolor. And when I started making films, it was impossible to find those colors anymore in the laboratories. So what I do is that what I do is I, I put in front of my DP the, the, the range of colors that I want him to use, that I want him to, to think about throughout the film. I put it in the furniture, in the clothes, in the, in, in the, on the floor, on the walls. Um, and that I, I then work as a painter, except that I'm working with three-dimensional objects. And it takes me a lot of time. This is not that I, I just uh, talk with the art director. Uh, I do it by myself. I mean, he assists me, and uh, I mean, so I'm a nightmare. For, I'm a nightmare for a <coughs> for the art director <laughs> because I mean, I, I not only ask one type of chair. Yeah. Uh, I ask many different chairs, and I put it, uh, and I ask many diff some different colors, uh, and I, 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 I'm putting everything after I set down the character, and after I decided the clothes and the color and the style of the clothes, and then I, I, and then I, I see the whole picture. Uh, and um, I really, I do it like a, like a painter since the very beginning. And how, how long, and how much detail do you personally make sure of? Uh, to, to what extent do you do that? Do you do that for the whole film, for each room, for each character, for each costume? Or do you, have a, uh, do you pick some things and then give the rest to the designer to, to discuss with? Uh, I do each of them depending on who the character is. So the decor is not only speaking about my own personal taste, but also those of the character. For example, this film is full of books, uh, and I don't let my art director to just come in and fill out the bookcases. I actually pick out every single one of the books myself. How, how many books is that? No. How many? So if it's, say, an establishing shot and the camera's far away, 
Uh, not, I, don't, I have not necessarily picked out all the books, but let's say that if we're a little bit closer to my character, I've picked out about 100 of the books uh, that are behind them. And the same goes for DVDs and Blu-rays. I actually take them from my own collection, uh, and, I, and I put them in the background. And it's not necessarily anything that anyone is meant to see. You might not even be able to read what the titles are, but if you were to be able to zoom in and close up on the DVDs, you would realize that they all go with the, the character that I'm representing. Eh, no soporto que haya un pequeño elemento, un clip, que no lo haya elegido. Es algo que me pone muy nervioso. And for example, I can't even stand if we have a desk and it's even a messy desk. I can't even stand the fact that there's a clip on that desk that I have not chosen. You know, I know that it's a kind of obsession, but it, I feel much more secure and much, not comfortable, more secure that everything is related to the character. Yeah, and yet your films have this incredible free, alive feeling to them. There's not the obsession is is on is is not in evidence except in the result, which is very oh, lively. <laughs> uh, it's not. There's never a feeling of constriction. Quite the opposite. Even though everything is so carefully chosen and so obsessively worried over. Um, I wonder. Uh, is there something? Um, it's a big question, but. It, it, your relationship to making films now, you've made 35 films, I think, something? 21. 21, I read 35, so. 35 is a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. I thought it was a lot. No, uh, perhaps 35, I mean, if I count the many Super 8 millimeter movie that I did. Yes, well, when I looked this up, they said <laughs> probably anyway, 35. long feature in 35 millimeter okay. so or, or whatever. 21, 21. Is, 21 is a lot. So do you, do you, worry, do you feel, a, when you first start, you have only you have your you don't have a uh, you don't have an identity as a filmmaker when you're young. You're just yourself, and you're doing what you want to do, and you're trying to put it out there. Now that you're such a well-known filmmaker, and you've done so many films, and you've worked on so many films, never mind the audience, just with yourself. I wonder if there's some change in your relationship to writing and directing uh, that's a surprise to you now that you've done 21 films. Yes, yes, you know, all the time. No, every time, even if you are repeating, I hope that, I, that I'm not repeating myself. No. But uh, every time is something new. Or at least it's the first time at the moment you are doing it. Um, so, um, you know, uh, at the beginning, I didn't know anything about the cinematic language. So I made the first two movies. They were very underground movies. Uh, because what I, uh, I, I was, I mean, my intention, it was just to finish one story. And also that was something that I have uh, very concerning me. It, it, and to be understood. Uh, don't ask me, ask me why, but I always thought that it was important for my movies that uh, just to be understandable. And uh, I did, even if in, in a very awkward way since the beginning. Um, but uh, this is what I try. I mean, with the third movie, I remembered it was Dark Habits that I that I have as um, a budget because the other, the first two, it was no budget movies. Um, then uh, I felt in love with the language of cinema uh, because I can have a traveling, I can have a grua. I mean, I can have the regular things that everyone has when he's a director. And I was completely in love, and I discovered the language, um, and and trying to use it to use it as much as possible. 
Um, but um, a movie is always a surprise, and a movie is always a big adventure. Uh, I know that since the beginning, I was recognizable. Recognizable. Um, because they were already themes that I developed in the other movies. Um, but, uh, but it's always something, I mean, or at least uh, I need to have the feeling that it's something new for me. Uh, I mean, for example, I mean, when I, when I go to, to the shooting of this 21 movie, 21st movie, I, I never had the impression that I know enough uh, that I can be sure that the movie is gonna work. This is, I mean, the uncertainty is, is, a, is a word that defined for me the cinema. Uh, you cannot know in advance what is going to happen. Even if the script is very good, uh, it's an iron, irony uh, script, even if the cast is good, but everything is alive, you know it, when you are shooting. And uh, which is good. Which is good because there is always an interaction between the people that make the movie and the script. But sometimes that interaction goes in other direction than what you want. And you, you have to be there para reconducirlo en, en la dirección que tú quieres. To redirect it in the direction that you want. Y eso siempre es una aventura. And that's always an adventure. Y cada persona, and every actor that participates in the film is also an adventure because I never know exactly what reactions they will be having. And this is very exciting, and it also fills me with a lot of doubt. But the doubt is also part of the excitement. Um, I, the, the situation with uh, Alberto, uh, I don't usually... Just in terms of cinema, in terms of working with actors, have you had experiences where the which were, which were, are which are like the, the, the Salvador and, and Alberto, where the, where the actor was that far away from what you had conceived, but he, was on the, he or she was on the set and in the movie, and okay. you, had to, you had to somehow work with that uh, difference? Yeah, yes, I think I was very lucky in my career because, I mean, in the 95% uh, of the cases, uh, I was very lucky and I didn't have these big problems. But I remember, perhaps it's more than, it's less than 95. Uh, I remember three movies and three actors con los que tuve problemas muy profundos. With whom I had really deep problems. Uh, problemas, diría, psiquiátricos. Almost like psychiatric problems. Y en algunos de los casos tuvo que intervenir un psiquiatra para que pudiéramos seguir rodando. And in some cases, a psychiatrist actually had to intervene so that we could keep shooting. In all three cases, I really insisted uh, that we kept uh, shooting the film, making the film, because it was actually in doubt whether we would be able to actually finish. Los problemas eran siempre de índole personal. And because the problems were always personal problems. Eh, Actors that actually, when they came in contact with the, their character, had uh, a psychological reaction to him that was sometimes almost verging on a dangerous uh, reaction, not just for the movie, but for themselves as well. And the only solution that I found, other than, you know, you occasionally have to stop the shoot and, and these kinds of things, is that I actually rewrote uh, some of these, the characters such that I could adapt it to the particular situation that I had at hand. And for example, 
I couldn't really watch some of these films. One of these films in particular, I couldn't even see for 20 years. And then I was forced to have to see it because I had to present it somewhere. And when I revisited the film, I realized that it had actually, it actually had become part of the film and it was an interesting new intervention in the film and I came to accept it as such. And so really the key is to continue to adapt to the new situations that are alive and in front of you and to renounce to ideas, preconceived ideas that you had about how you wanted things to turn out. Y no tirar la toalla. Uh, and, and not throwing the towel. Um, uh, so your films are so theatrical and also they, uh, with that, but always sincere and emotional, but you, the love of theater is there and you often show theater and music performances and performance in the films. And I'm just curious if you've ever, have, what your personal experience with the theater is. Uh, have you ever, have you directed theater? Do you want to direct theater? Is this just not something you want to do because you love it clearly? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, as you said, very often appears in my movies uh, one stage uh, and actors doing a play. No, I never did. I never did. Um, but I'm fascinated about theater. And, um, and in this case, um, I think it was risky just to introduce uh, a monologue in the middle of the movie. Uh, because, you, well, a monologue mm, is almost something very anti-cinematic. But in this case, I took the advantage of that monologue to explain what is going to happen after. I mean, I, through the monologue, the addiction, I give to, to the spectator information about the past of the character of Antonio that I didn't say, and he's not going to say anything. Yeah. So, I mean, what I, what, I, uh, what I did in this case is just to, to use the theater uh, como, como algo por lo cual fue creado, como mensajero. I use theater for that which it was created, which is to be a messenger. And in this case, it, it works as a messenger for Federico to learn things that he did not know uh, about Salvador, and then it also works as the conduit through which the two characters get to reunite. And I'm also quite fascinated about the relationship that two actors develop in a, in a play. And so, for example, in films like All About Eve and Opening Night, I'm quite interested uh, in the relationship between these characters who then have to share a stage. And in particular, the relationship between the director, the writer, and the actor. Y si además añadimos el deseo, eh, mejor todavía. And then if you add desire to the mix, even better. And I, for example, do this in All About My Mother around uh, the group of women of actresses who are interpreting a street card named Desire uh, and, and the characters uh, that participate in that and that also have relationships with. And so I'm not really necessarily interested in doing theater, but yes, I'm very much interested uh, in the relationship between the people on stage and off stage and how they have to uh, live with each other for, for months. And for example, in, in, just as it's the case in this particular film, and it was also the case with Love, Desire, and Bad Education, I'm interested in the moment of creation uh, and, and the relationship of the creator with that moment of creation. Y tratar de hacer algo orgánico que todo el mundo puede entender, no solo los directores de cine. And I also want to build something that's organic that everybody can understand, not just film directors. Porque así suena algo muy teórico. Because otherwise it sounds too theoretical. I want to ask you about the cave in the film. Uh, first of all, it's hard for me because the cave is much more beautiful than, than my own apartment. Really? <laughs> oh, yes. 
which is a very nice apartment. I, I don't want to. It's a perfectly nice apartment, but the but cave. But to live in a cave is different. <laughs> no, that's what I want to ask you because the way they make it, it, it ends up being very beautiful. But may, may, did you grow up in a in a cave like that? No, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. But, but may, um, no, but I knew enough about that situation. No. Um, that you know that cave. I was in love of that cave because when I was really, I mean, I was uh, looking for locations for the bad education 15 years ago, um, very close to Valencia. Uh, I discovered these, these small places full of caves and chimneys that they were like a primitive space. Very wonderful and very weird and fantastic in, in more than one sense. And I thought that one day I will go there uh, to shoot. And that was the moment for pain and glory. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't live in a cave, but I knew what it means for a family uh, to live so precariously. I mean, at that moment, 1960, uh, Spain was a very bad period for Spain. We were living in a post-war period. Uh, there were a lot of uh, poor families, including mine. And in that moment, we have to migrate to other places. Some of them, they go to Germany, some of them to France, uh, other to Catalonia. Uh, and we went to a region in Extremadura, uh, close. I mean, it, it, uh, I mean, I was born in La Mancha, and Extremadura is like 200 kilometers from there. And we went um, with my family to live in a place uh, that it was completely wild. Um, las casas eran de adobe eh, y crecían de un modo casual eh, en la calle. The houses were made out of adobe and they were just sort of strewn in no particular order along the street. Y no había ni siquiera un camino de... So there wasn't even, say, a street made of dirt. Uh, there were sort of um, blackboards put on the ground and that's what we would have to walk on. So it was really, I mean, reminds me, reminds me like a place of uh, of Mr. McCabe and Mrs. Miller, full of dust and uh, mud. Uh, but you know, when you are a guy of nine years old, it doesn't affect you. But I knew that for my mother was awful. Uh, trying to clean that house that never, it was impossible to do it. So I, I knew what meant to live in that precarity. But uh, what is real about that situation it is that uh, all the street, what we could call a street, but it was not a street, but the families that they were living there, they were wonderful families and they were very generous to us. And uh, my mother started reading then the letters because all of them, all the families were illiterate. And, uh, and then I used to write, because I have better life, better letter, uh, to write the letters. and. Uh, uh, the next step, it was that my mother invented that um, as a fact that they were, all of them, illiterates, uh, she thought, uh, bueno, ella me convirtió en maestro. And my mother turned me into a teacher from one day to the next. Uh, she told the parents of these 18, 20-year-olds that worked out in the fields that I would be their teacher uh, and that I would be teaching them how to read, write, and the four rules. You know, that was real. <laughs> this, that this looks really surreal. That was real. And I remember I have more than one pupil. 
I have like five or six. And the, um, I was nine years old. And my mother, <laughs> it was very funny the way she said. She would say to me, they, they, they come dressed as if they were going to the doctor, which meant they were wearing actually their best clothes. Y ella recuerda, ella and she would recall, and she would say to me that when they left, they would say to her, he's really a tough teacher. <laughs> were they, the, all the But I never felt in love of any one of them. You didn't? I was not. Did, then they were I always, could, they were always older than you? The students always older? Yes, I mean, I was nine, and they were like... 18, from 18 to, 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 to 20 years. How did you, did you he, uh, Salvador takes to it so naturally. Did it, was it difficult for you? Did you take to it as easily as he did? And did you enjoy teaching them? Yeah, I, I do remember and I don't recall it being difficult. I actually thought it was pretty easy because also the things that I was teaching them were fairly basic. What I don't remember and that it's sort of surprising for me to hear is that I was that um, demanding of them. Porque en cualquier caso era un chico de nueve años. Because in any case I was a nine-year-old boy. Y ellos, era, y ellos eran hombres. And they were men, almost. Yes, but you're very demanding with the set decorators. And the... <laughs> um, I'm being told we have to stop. Is that correct? Okay, that's correct. I'm sorry, I could go on all night. Thank you so much. Thank you. I... I, I would like to say that I still have many things to say about this movie. <laughs>